So I'm excited today. Like I said, I said Merry Christmas. It'll be the last time we're going to say Merry Christmas, I guess, is this week. It's, it's happy and bittersweet. It's, it's, it's happy and sad all at the same time, right? And so it's really this season has just flew by, but we are on part three of Christmas lights, and I'm going to try my best to wrap this up for us. And so what have we been doing the last three weeks? We've really, I hope, uh, been challenging a little bit to take a different look at Christmas and to really dive into his word to see some truth and what God says about Christmas and what Christmas really means for us. But I really said that, you know, Jesus Christ is the original Christmas light, right? He was the first. He's the original, right? He's the light of the world. He's the light of hope. He's the hope to the world. And he's the light of life, eternal life, and a blessed life here for you and for me. And so that's why the entire world originally celebrates and celebrated Christmas. Now, has Christmas kind of gotten crazy, right? In the last uh, 100 years or so, we celebrate Christmas for all the wrong reasons, right? And so I hope that this Christmas, you celebrate Christmas for the right reason. And that's because God sent His Son. And so today, we're going we're gonna to resume this message and, and, and wrap it up. And so the last couple weeks, we've talked about God being the, the light of hope. Okay, and then we talked about God being the light of love, and today we're going to talk about him being the light of life and what that means for us. If God is the light of life for you and for me, that means he wants us to, by faith, follow him. Okay, so I'm excited to, to expound on that thought and that idea together today. Okay, so but before we do, let's look at that first foundational scripture. It comes out of John 1, 1 through 5. We've been using this each week. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word already existed. Who knows who the Word is? It's Jesus, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything. Somebody say everything. If you're watching this online, put that in the chat. Everything. Through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything. And that was created, and his life brought the light. There's that magical word, right? Christmas lights. He brought the light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The presence of God in the earth, God becoming flesh and dwelling with men, means that there's hope again in the world. There's light in a dark world, and Jesus is that Right, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Are you glad that in the beginning, God had a plan for your life? I'm thankful that in the beginning, God said, you know what? When I make Ian one day, there's going to be salvation and mercy and grace available to him through my son, Jesus. Now, he's going to have a, a hairy ride before he accepts who my son is, but there is a plan for him. I'm thankful. God was thinking about you. Jesus was thinking about you when? In the beginning. He had a plan for us. A plan for hope. A plan for light. A plan for life in a dark world. So look at that first point. It says, we said, Jesus is the light of the world and the light of Christmas. His presence is the greatest gift we could ever receive. His life brought light to everyone and the light of Christmas Changes everything. We said that Jesus is the greatest gift 
right? The greatest gift because his gift of presence in the earth is available to us 365, 24-7. Any problem that comes, arises in my life, any, any hard thing, if I trust in God, there's hope for me. That's why Jesus came, so that in tough places I can have a hope and a faith in something bigger. Right? Some of us may have some big problems in your life, but do you know that you only make your problems as big as you want to? You can make your God bigger than that problem if you want. You have to, by faith, believe and by faith, trust and say, yes, God. Right? And so his presence alone changes the game. His presence on Christmas changed everything for everyone forever. God's grace, freely available. God's love, freely available. Not based on works. Not based on how much you make. Not based on all the things that you do, but based on what you believe in here. That's what makes us right with God. And God did that on that very first Christmas by sending his son into the world. Right? So Jesus, we said, is the light of love, the light of hope. And today we're going to talk about him being the light of life. And if he's the light of life, he wants us to follow him. So look at that first point today, first new point. It says, the light of life shines upon us and fills us. With life, when we follow, somebody say follow, Jesus. And there's three ways, guys, that we can choose to follow him every single day. I want to give them to you. We follow by his example. We follow by his word. And we follow by his spirit. So there's nothing, I want you to know this, there is nothing like living for and following Jesus. If you are bored in your life, you ain't living for Jesus. <laughs> living for God is fun. Living for God is amazing. Living for God is confusing sometimes because his ways are higher and better than mine and my logical mind wants to come in and stifle what God wants to do in my life. Right? But living for God is amazing. I would not want to do anything else with my life than live and follow God. Sin has its joys for a season, but after a while, when you get burned by it over and over and over and over again, and about kills you, right? Did sin just about kill anybody in this place? It about killed me. It ain't no fun no more. Right? And so God, He wants to give us that, that Christmas light of, of hope. That Christmas light of light to help light and guide our paths in this life. But he wants to give us the light of life. He wants you to be excited coming to church. He wants you to be excited reading his word. He wants you to be excited when you pray to God. He wants you to be excited when you come to celebrate recovery. He wants you to be excited when you're serving at media or, worship, or serving in the worship team. He came to give you better, right? So if we're not excited about the things of God, y'all, something is spiritually wrong with us. There's not something wrong with him. There's something spiritually off and wrong in my life. I've bought a lie somewhere, right? And so there's, there's nothing like living for and following 
Jesus. So there's many ways that we can follow. I want to give you those three, and I just want to kind of hit them. So we read them already, but it says we follow by his example. Okay, we follow by his word, and we follow his spirit. So what, what does that mean? It means we imitate Christ to our best ability. I need to be Christ-like. I need to look and study his life and live the way that he did. I, mean, I need to be an imitator for Christ. And it goes beyond that. I need to be an ambassador for Christ. Right? I need to be in his word. If that's how I follow, that means I need to study what he said. I have to be a diligent studier of his word. Are you hungry for this? More than you're hungry for anything else. Because if this doesn't fill you, then you're going to stay spiritually hungry. And you're going to try to spiritually feed yourself with earthly things that don't fill you and don't heal you, they actually suck life from you. So we have people addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to all sorts of things. What are they doing? They're spiritually hungry, but they're trying to feed themselves with all the wrong things. And so I follow God by being in his word. We just read John 1.1, 1, 1, and what did it say? We said Jesus is the word. word. If I want to be bought for, saved by Jesus, I better know his word if he is the word, right? His word needs to, to be the, that thing that fills my, my, my spirit and my soul on a daily basis, right? And that last thing is we follow his spirit, so I need to be open and willing to invite his presence and allow his presence of spirit to lead me. Y'all, and this is the hard part. Because we all want to be in control. We all want to be the one making the decisions. Right? And so that's where God wants us to take us a step farther and say, hey, if you love me, you can trust me. You're not going to know all the answers to this thing that you're praying about. But if you trust me, man, we can go places. We can do some things. Right? And so that's how we live for God and allow Him to lead us as we follow Him in these three key main ways. Look at John 8, 12. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. We've been talking about that for three weeks. But then He says, notice this, He says, He who what? Follows me. Put that in the chat today if you're watching. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of light, the light of life. He says, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but follow me, live in the light, and he will have the light of life. Do you know the closer you get to a light, the brighter it becomes? So if Jesus is the light of the world, the closer we fellowship with him, the closer we live with him, the closer we trust him, the more time I spend with him, the less dark my life should, somebody say should, should become. Does that make sense to you? 
Because if you're dwelling in the light, right next to the light, so close that darkness can't get to the light, you should be shining for his glory. You should have joy. You should have peace. If you're residing in the light. But this is how we really live. In the morning, you know, when you go into the bathroom, what do you do? You flip the light switch on. You reside in the light for 10, 15 minutes as you get ready. Then when you leave that room, what happens? You shut the light off. So we come to Jesus, stand in the light for 5, 10 minutes. Oh, I need you for this. God, I need you for this. God, I need you for this. Thank you, Jesus, for answering that prayer. You shut the light off and you go back and do your own thing. So we're in the light. We're in the darkness. We're in the light. We're in the darkness. And I wonder why I'm running around like a chick with my head cut off. It's because God says, I want you to reside. I want you to dwell in the light. And if you do that, you'll have life. And life abundant. Things so good that you can't contain them. He wants us to reside and to dwell in that place. Look at Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. What does it say? It says, imitate God. To live for God and to follow God, I need to be an imitator of who God is. I need to, I need to put on his characteristics. I need to use the words that he uses. I need to think the way that God thinks and speak the way that God speaks. He says, imitate God. Therefore, in what? Everything. In everything that you do. Live in the light. He says, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following, there's that word again, the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Living for God means we follow His Son. It says in that last verse, He, Christ, loved us and offered Himself as a what? Sacrifice and a pleasing aroma to God. What I want you to see and hear today is if I'm striving to be like Christ, if I'm following God, that means I need to also imitate what? His sacrifices. <laughs> because it it's, was His sacrifice, and guys, it's our sacrifices that please God. Because... I'm trying to live and follow God. I need to also be, be available and be aware that I'm, God's going to call me to do some hard things. He's going to call me to love people in a godly, godly way. And that may mean I have to speak some harsh, hard truth to those people, right? But if I'm offering a sacrifice of praise... By living in the light, by living in the hope, by living and residing in the, the light of, of life, and I'm doing those things in sacrifice, it's a pleasing aroma to God the Father. That's some good news. 
It can offer you some peace and gratification in the midst of that gap. That, you know, there's always a gap of life. You're here, you're trying to get here. And in that gap is where sacrifices have to be made. And if you're doing that by faith, God is pleased with you. So don't give up in the gap. Continue to offer sacrifices. Continue to live for God. Continue to reside in the light. This is what happens. I see it time and time again, over and over again. Somebody who really believes, somebody who's in this gap, and maybe this gap has been extended, right? A week, a a, a month, it it goes on and on, and they begin to doubt, and they begin to wonder, and they see this little shortcut over here, this worldly shortcut. If I can just, I might be able to do that (laughs) to get to, to to point A or to point B. And what happens? They maybe accomplish that thing. That thing may kill them. That thing may, may set them back. It, they, may, they may sense a, a sense of, of, of happiness, real short temporary happiness. And they, offer, they, they, they surrendered the sacrifice and the faith for that quick fix. And it's not a quick fix. It's a, it's a lie of the enemy to stifle you and get you off track. And so stay in that place of faith. If that's you today, I feel like that's for somebody. If, if you're in this gap that I'm talking about, don't take that shortcut because it might kill you. That shortcut might be the end of you. God says, believe, continue to do what you're doing. And when it, when it happens, it's going to be far better than you ever thought, dreamed or imagined. But you've got to stay faithful, stay put. Somebody say, stay put. Stay put, right? Stay put as we hold out for the promises of God. Look at that next point. So what I want to talk about is, he's the light of, Christ is the light of life, and he wants us to follow him. So I want to talk about following him today. It says, following Jesus means walking in the light of love. And so love is giving of ourselves, our talent, our time, and our treasure to help others. Sacrificial love brings life because you can't outgive God. And true love, real love, costs. Real love costs. We're talking about sacrifices being pleasing to God. Jesus offered up the ultimate sacrifice in what? In love. Why is God's love real? Why is God's love true? Why is it so powerful in our lives? Because God offered up his love in what? Sacrifice. And so real love costs. As we love our spouses, as we love our families, as we love those that we work with, as we love those out in the world, those on our highways, wherever you are driving, uh, we love people. And sometimes, most times, we are going to have to offer up a sacrifice of love to prove to those that we actually love them. You can talk to somebody blank in the face, tell them you love them over and over and over and over again, and they'll reject what you say. If you, by faith, begin to sacrifice and show them how much you love them, a light bulb might go off in their head and say, you know what? This person is showing me that they love me. That's what God did for us. And so God calls us to do those same things. And so loving is just that. It's it's giving of ourselves. 
giving up of ourselves. It's giving up of our time, of our talents to, to sow the love of God in the world. And when we sow the love of God, the dark world becomes less dark. And God's light triumphs. God's uh, hope triumphs. The life of God, the life of Christ in our lives triumphs. And love wins. Right? Look at Luke 6, 38. Y'all know this one. Y'all will know it. It says, give and it will be given to you. Right? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. We usually use the scripture in church for what? For, for money purposes, for finance purposes. But this is, a, this is a spiritual verse for every area of our lives. Because we believe in, in the law of reaping and sowing. Right? What you sow, you will Reap. And so the level at which you are loving others is the level at which you are going to what? To reap. So if you don't treat people well, people are not going to treat you well. But if you by faith love others where they are, if you by faith accept others where they are, if you by faith forgive others where they are, then all of that is pressed down, shaken together, running over in your life. When I sow those things, I reap those things, right? God calls us to live a certain way. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to live for me, I'm asking you to do these things, not just because I want to do that to keep you safe and to have good things for you. I want you to represent me well also, to represent me well and love others and grow and expand the kingdom of God. When we love others, that's how the kingdom of God grows. And so look at that next, that next point today. So following means we walk in love. Following uh, in, the, in the light of life also means that walking in the light of purity. And I'm not talking just sexual purity. We're talking about moral, financial, and verbal purity. It begins, um, excuse me, it brings life because purity releases power. Purity is an amazing thing. If you are living, like I said, in the light, walking, talking, close with Jesus every single day, He is the light. Nothing in your life, no area in your life is off limits to that light. And so God wants to do something in us. We call it a purification process, right? Being purified. The Bible talks about it a lot, purifying gold, purifying silver, drawing out the impurities. God wants to do that same thing in our lives, in, in every area of our life. I know when we come to Christ, there's usually a major area that needs to be dealt with. And we deal with that area, and God wins, and then I live for God, and then God begins to pinpoint other issues of our lives, right? Like a magnifying glass. Like, you're doing really good, now I want to focus on this, right? And so this is this purification process I'm talking about, the, the purity of God. When we live and dwell in the light, we never arrive. We never get fully grown. We always should be growing and going to the next level, the next step. Do you see that? 
And so I don't know where you are today, but I guarantee you there's an area of life that God wants to purify. And if you would just say yes, man, you could go to the next level. It's that thing that's holding you back. Maybe he's not blessing you with that thing because you got this this stone wall in front of you. And he's saying, let's address this. Let's address this. Let's do this. Trust me with this. He wants to tear that wall down. And the thing is, you got to allow that light to come in. When you allow the light of God to come in your life, the brighter the rest of your life becomes. So no area is off light. Excuse me. No area is off limits to the king of kings. You were bought, paid for, purchased with the highest price. We celebrated that today doing communion. And so if that's true, if that's the case, then I've been bought, paid for. And I release, surrender control of those things so that God can do better things for me, right? Look at Ephesians 5, 3 through 8. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no, sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. I want you to underline that, highlight that, star that. I'm going to read it again for you because... We can't get to a place where I think that I'm just good. We need to hear truth, and you can talk yourself into staying bound, staying in sin. I want to read that again. Verse 5, it says, You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. Today, wherever you are, Are you battling with sexual immorality? Are you battling with impurity? Are you battling with greed or lust or jealousy? Because it says none of these, you can be assured, will not, somebody say not, inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, I want you to be there. I want to be there. I need to to keep myself checked. Ian's not as good as Ian thinks he is 90% of the time. That's why I need God's word on a daily basis, right? Come on, somebody. To keep me spiritually checked, to keep me spiritually relying and trusting on the one who is Jesus. Let's go on. Look at verse 6. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. When you're in sin, you try to excuse the sin that you have. For the anger of God will fall on all those who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of what? Darkness. But now you have light of the Lord. So what? Live as people of the light. Live in the light. Continue to live, dwell, and reside in the light. When you live in the light, you will begin to thrive. When your purity thrives. You continue to live in the light. The thing that keeps us from moving and staying in the light is the issue that I think that I'm doing something I maybe shouldn't be, and I'm afraid to have that thing exposed by the light of God. 
We talked about this, I think, last week. I told you, don't be afraid of the things that you think you're hiding from God because I guarantee He already knows they're there. And He's still beckoning you, still inviting you to come and deal with that before Him. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't condemn us. He wants to help us. He wants to draw those things out of you so that you don't have to stay bound, stuck, bumbling around in the dark. You can live in the light. Amen. Look at that next point. So following Jesus means shining the light of God's goodness, righteousness, and truth. Shining light brings life because it sets other people free. If you are living in the darkness, you can't set anybody free. You can have the best intentions. The only thing that can set anybody free is the power and presence of God. But if you're in fellowship with Him on a daily basis, God wants to do those things through you. We all have a testimony. We all have things we can look back and pinpoint and say, man, God answered that for me. God did this for me. And when we share those things to other people, it helps facilitate this, this um, invisible, that's what I was looking for, this invisible work that God wants to do inside of them. And he facilitates that through his church, through his children, children of the light, not children of the darkness. And when that happens, God's kingdom grows also. See, God is, he does the supernatural thing. God's the light. He just calls us to reflect that light. He's the source. He's the conduit for healing, for deliverance, for freedom. We're empty vessels. He wants us to reflect who he is, to shine that light in the world. And when we do that, we help set others free. Look at Ephesians 5, 9 through 14. It says, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Light exposes the darkness. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you Light. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you need direction, he is the way. He wants to light and guide that way. And so he says, wake up, see that truth, trust in me, believe in me, and I will help you. We are called to live in the light for him, by him. And he also invites us to help expose the darkness based on that light that he gives, the hope that he gives gives the life, eternal life that he gives. Look at that last point. It says, following Jesus means walking in the light of fellowship. Fellowship with other believers gives life because we are better together. Fighting alone is no fun. I fought alone before. It's no fun. You're not always alone because if you believe in Jesus, he's with you, right? But you need to find someone other than Jesus to fight with. If you're fighting with Jesus, praise God. But you need to be in real relationship with other Christians. 
so that they can have your back, so that they know how to pray for you. Don't let the enemy tell you, lie to you, whisper to you that when you open up to somebody that they're going to judge you or disown you. Or That's really where the freedom comes is when we begin to open up and share our lives with others. Now, don't just do that with anybody. Pray the Lord, if that's really your desire, you need someone to, to open up to, that the Lord would send the right person into your life. Somebody to help you. To somebody that will fight for you. Right? Fellowship with other believers is what gives life because we are better together. When we walk in the light, we fellowship with those in the light. Last thing I want to say is we minister to the lost, but we do life with the found. Does that make sense? See, we minister to the lost. We love the lost. We help the lost. But you know what? Pastor Ian is not going to open up and tell just Joe Schmo everything that's going on in my life because I don't necessarily know how spiritually healthy he is. I love him. I'll give him the shirt off my back. I maybe even might give him some money. If he's in addiction, I'm probably just going to go buy him some food. You know, you don't give an addict money. So see, see, I minister to the lost in the love of God, but I might not let that person stay at my house that night, right? See, but I do life. I do fellowship. I open up with those who are found. Those who are living in the light. Those that I have a relationship with. Those that I can trust. Somebody that I can tell what's, what's going on with me. If I need help, if I need counseling, if I need guidance. That's why we need to be in relationship with others. Because it helps make us all stronger together. Look at 1 John 1, 5-8. It says, this is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. I love this. And it says, this and the blood of Jesus, his son, is what cleanses us from all sin. We're to be in relationship together, and it's God's light that guides us in all things, in our relationships, but it's the blood of Christ that bonds us. It's the light of God that guides us, but it's the blood of Christ that bonds us, that unifies us. Why are we all here together today? Because we all believe in a a man, the Son of God, named who? Jesus. Because why? We believe that he died for us. That's what bonds us. His light wants to guide us, and he wants us to grow together as a healthy body, a spiritual body, doing things for God, growing the kingdom of God, trusting God, 
that is the vision, that is the heartbeat of the Father. Because the enemy, he's never going to give up. He's never going to stop. So you may feel okay today. You may feel okay tomorrow. Maybe you say, I got this. Your one thought, your one bad day, your one bad paycheck away from being snatched up. God wants to help protect you. Amen. This is for somebody. You, you, you're, I feel like you're on the fence. You're, you're, you're kind of on the outside looking in. I really want to do this. God's saying you can trust him. You can trust him. He wants to enlarge your circle of friends, enlarge your circle of family, a support group, so that you can know that you're loved, so that God can help you. He wants to be there for you, amen? And y'all join me in prayer this, today as we get ready to close. And so God, I, I just thank you for your word. I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this Christmas season that is officially coming to a close today. And next week, we're going to gear up and focus on a brand new year, 2022. And so I pray we begin to prepare our hearts and our minds for a 21-day fast coming up for enlarged visions, enlarged dreams for your church and for our personal and spiritual lives, for our families, for our businesses. And so, God, we just put a close to Christmas. We celebrate what you've done, and uh, it's not over. God, you're just getting started. And so let us be vigilant and focused on things to come. And so we thank you for that. The last thing I want to do is if you're here today and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here in our sanctuary, and you just, you want this feeling of God being mad at you all the time to leave. You feel like God's mad at you all the time. And you want that feeling to leave because you want to be accepted into the family of God. I want to tell you, God loves you. He doesn't care if you've sinned, if you've fallen short. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. He wants you just to invite him into your life. You've got to give him permission. And so if you want to give him permission to come into your life today, I want you to do that today. I don't want you to leave here the same. I want him to come into your heart and into your mind and to begin to, to accept you as a child of God. So if you want to make that decision today, what I want you to do is right now, no one's watching you, no one's looking at you. What I want you to do is just to simply stand up in this place. Just stand up and say, hey, I want to be part of the family of God. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I want God to be my Heavenly Father. If you want to make that decision today, just stand up. Physically stand up in this place. I'll give you a few more seconds. Get right with God today. Get right with God today. Man. No one is physically standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be making a decision online. And so if that's you, put that in the chat. Say, I'm making that or I'm standing. I want to accept Christ today, and I want to lead us all in a prayer. Amen. So y'all repeat after me. So, Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe in your son, Jesus. We confess that Jesus is Lord. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my trespasses. And send your Holy Spirit to fill my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Somebody give Jesus a hand. So good. So awesome. Well, hey, I love you very much. Uh, Y'all are dismissed. Enjoy the rest of your day. Can't wait to see y'all again next week, okay? Bring a family member. Bring a friend. Let's do church again next week. Y'all are dismissed.